So we have with us today Jeff Meese, founder and CEO of One World Enterprises, and he's going to let us know about some of his business's uh, green practices that they've been doing for quite some time and are always developing. Uh, what are some of the, uh, I know you've got a few other entities uh, that uh, are businesses that are affiliated with you guys. You want to tell our listeners? Yeah, sure. Know, what, so what is One World Enterprises? We are Pizza X uh, is our oldest business. Um, Hive is, is uh, uh, the newest one. Uh, One World Catering and One World at Woolery are kind of the same business where uh, that's a catering business uh, at um, at the old Woolery Mill, the historic Woolery Mill. And um, uh, that business, the mill, the Woolery Mill business is about five years old, but we had started the catering business about about 13 years ago. And uh, then we also run a kitchen, a shared kitchen business called uh, One World Kitchen Share. Uh, that's not officially a public benefit corp, but we kind of run it that way, uh, basically uh, providing space uh, in infrastructure for startup food, startup small startup food operations. And we're and, only in, we're all in Bloomington, only in Bloomington. And I imagine that Pizza X is going to be the main thing that people are familiar with. And I saw where you. Um, um, source your pizza boxes a little uh, differently um how, how what's the green aspect of uh, the pizza box uh you know early on and this goes way back when we started pizza x in 1982 and uh i remember our first boxes were were white what's called the cardboard white on white and uh because that domino's was domino's pizza was our big competitor and it was just easier to source that but as we went along Got, I, I really like Pizza Hut boxes, and I saw a few small companies using these boards that were it, what they weren't bleached white or painted white. They were, they were what's called craft in the industry, just a natural cardboard, like you'd imagine a cardboard box, normal cardboard box. And I got that uh, talking to my box supplier about that. Yeah, we think we could get those. Uh, and and uh, just I read stuff even back then. This was way pre-internet. That you know that. Uh, uh, it was better, better environmentally to not have this cardboard be bleached or, uh, uh, and so we started, and I like to, I just like the look of it too. Um, uh, so yeah, so we, we went to craft board, you know, way back when, but our supplier, our, our vendor, uh, our distributor in Indianapolis is very, uh, with, that's a family owned business and a real conscious guy. And and he's he uh, 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 they source their boxes from a large uh, a large manufacturer, but um, but all their cardboard that they uh, uh, all the cardboard that he buys has a sustainable forestry initiative certification on it. Uh, now that said, uh, how how good is that? I actually went yesterday and looked up the sustainable forestry initiative and seems pretty solid, although it's an industry group. Uh, and it is, there is some, you know, they've had some challenges that they're not doing everything right as probably just about every environmental organization does. Uh, and I actually, I, 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 uh, I questioned, well, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. Do I believe in the, do I believe in it? 
so I so I went and looked, and there there wasn't a whole lot of scuttlebutt. Um, uh, so decided it seemed. I think it's always you know I I really uh, I try not to let the um, perfect be the enemy of the good kind of thing. I feel like if people are if people are seeking to be environmental and preaching that message, that's at least a, a good step in the right direction. Can I, do I know how pure they are or what their intent is? I don't, I don't know much about the detail. I guess just like anything else, you gotta, I, uh, you gotta, hopefully you can have some trust of the people that you know more than you and also recognize they're part of an industry and trying to look good. Uh, 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 but at least they're stating this. We stand for this, and then people can challenge them on it. Um, Are there... and they they do get challenged, and I think that's good. So you can say, you know, we believe in this, and then somebody's like, "Hey, you say you believe in this, but then why are you doing this?" You know, and I and I still think that's better than just people hiding under a rock or pretending uh, and just like I don't care. You know. All right. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I think at Pete's Axe, our napkins, our craft as well, and our stick bags, we use a lot of those. Those are, those are also all, yeah, unble unbleached paper. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, are there uh, other measures that you take or have implemented over the years? Oh, just related, well, a lot of things. I think, you know, when I go back, I've... Uh, I've long, I've, I, I've considered myself environment, an environmentalist all my life, you know, just trying to be aware, aware of my waste stream personally, uh, aware of the energy that I use. Uh, uh, so it's always just, you know, it's always been, a you know, back it, one of the challenges in the environmental movement is like it, there's a lot of kind of flavor. It's flavor of the month, flavor of the year that you remember when, you know, you go back 25 years and it's like uh, we use soy ink, you know, our this, there's this much recycled content in our data in, in where we're, you know, we're recycling battery, you know, don't throw your batteries in the landfill. And where is that now? Uh uh, you know, so, so, uh, we've, we've done a lot of these things for, I was involved. I went to the leadership Bloomington course. Oh gosh. When was it? Eight in the early nineties, probably. Uh, and I was part of a, you do a project in that group. And our project was, uh, around a household, uh, household waste, household and household hazardous waste, uh, uh basically getting people to get you know, let's be careful of that stuff that's just, you know, shouldn't go to the landfill. Uh, and out of that came, uh, 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 it was the, the Monroe County Solid Waste District ended up creating stuff that you could bring uh, hazardous waste paints and this kind of thing and batteries were a thing. So, uh, so we started actually collecting. I thought, oh, what if Pizza X drivers picked up dead batteries from people's house? Because at that point, here was the biggest challenge. Nobody knew. You'd ask anybody, hey, what do you do with your old batteries? Throw them in the trash. What else would you do with them? Oh, they shouldn't, you know, people were saying they shouldn't go in the trash. I'm like, yeah, let's have Pizza X drivers just pick them up. And that, that I mean, it's backhauling, you know, which is, oh, you can't, there's not a very much more environmental thing you can do besides backhauling, like fill up, fill up your truck on the return trip. So 
we did that. And largely it was kind of to make, you know, just people more conscious because nobody knew you shouldn't throw batteries in the landfill. Okay, so now fast forward 25 years, it's always a pain in the ass for my managers. You know, they didn't, they're like, well, we got this bucket of batteries and drivers, you know, people asking to bring that. So just like, hey, this is something good that we're doing. Just, just do it. Uh, but now, but then we got to the point where the solid waste district is charging us big money to bring these batteries in. We're like, you know, you'll take them from people. We're just collecting them from people. So, I mean, don't we want to keep them out of landfill? Uh, but the whole thing's that now, you know, they they don't want them anymore. And it says, so, so, okay. So I, they're, they're, you know better than me. There they're, tends to be this sort of in the environmental thing that, you know, a little flash over here, flash over there, but it goes over here. Oh, no, that's none of it over here. But for me, it's really always been like, if if we're watching our waste stream, like I know, for example, <laughs> I teach an orientation class for new staff. Uh, uh, I've done it for six years. Now we started an orientation program, taught hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of staff. I always ask new staff, I say, uh, you know, we're really seek to be a, a, a company that pays attention to its waste stream. I said, do you know where uh, you uh, do you know where the stuff goes at your house that you throw in the trash? Do you know where that final resting place is? Nobody, not a single person ever knows that there occasionally somebody says, isn't there a place on the south side of town it gets hauled to? And say, yeah, no, that's a that's a transfer station where instead trash gets I said every single thing you put in the trash gets driven in a truck to Terre Haute, its final resting place. That's where it goes. With the waste stream thing is we bought a farm 14 years ago, uh out on not far not far from town. And we immediately started composting all our stuff this was a this was something i've always had wanted to do uh so we did it internally we like all all our stuff that was uh heat sacks has almost no food waste but catering has a lot of food waste the restaurants our commissary where we prep stuff a lot of a lot of just vegetable trimmings and stuff so we started taking that out uh, my staff hate that you know it's like hauling this garbage out to the farm and my guy who lived on the farm he would we would uh, uh, we would basically just put it, trench it, uh, trench it with sticks and leaf matter and stuff and cover it back up. Not that we're making compost exactly to sell. We're just putting it back in the soil. And and that was a huge part of our that's a huge part of our. Solid waste by weight because, of course, you know, it's mostly water, which we'd otherwise be paying trucks to haul to Terre Haute. So we've been doing that for 14 years and now I've got actually got, well, we're not doing it anymore. Now we have farmers that pick it up and they, they take it and do, do what they do with it, uh, compost it or, or uh, uh, yeah, compost it. And um, uh, so that, so that's, so we love that. So I'd say, I'd say at, at one world, we probably, I mean, this is just a guess. I've never studied it. Uh, we don't have, you know, we're a for-profit business, so we don't have interns running around that we can pay to measure things. And uh, but I, I guess that we've gotten rid of eighty percent of our waste stream in the last thirty years between the recycling that we do and composting and all that.
and uh, and we're proud of that. And I try to get our staff to take pride in that. You know, like this is yeah. I realize it's a little pain in the butt. You know, you got to think about the stuff that's that's getting thrown away. But you can take pride in the fact because most businesses just you know don't don't pay any attention to it. Eighty percent of our waste stream in the last thirty years between the recycling that we do and composting and all that. And uh, and we're proud of that. And I try to get our staff to take pride in that, you know, like this is, yeah, I realize it's a little pain in the butt, you know, you got to think about the stuff that's, that's getting thrown away, but you can take pride in the fact because most businesses just, you know, don't, don't pay any attention to it. Yep. That magical place called away. We mm. just throw it away. Away. Right. Mm-mm. You know, mm. and here we are. I mean, there's, it's always been real, you know, present to me, that we're driving three pound pizzas around in 2000 pound cars. And that's not a terrifically environmental thing to do. Right. Uh, uh, but there it is, you know, that's a, we're in that market and how do we make it, how do we make it better? Because uh, somebody's going to deliver the pizzas to the people sitting at home on their couch, you know, going to be us. It's going to be Domino's pizza hut, whoever, so, uh, you know, the part of my, we have, we just opened our seventh store locally and we have seven locations in the, in the same area that our biggest chain competitors have only four. Most of them have less than that. And so partly it always drives me more locations. I know we can build our business better with more locations, but it also makes all the trips shorter. Uh, uh, we use less energy getting the product to people. Our drivers make better money because they don't have to drive as far. Uh, so the whole thing's a little bit of a virtuous cycle when we can get you know closer to closer to the customer. Uh, but that that lack that fact that we are in what's essentially an unsustainable uh, business as it's done now, dry, using fossil fuels to drive to customers, um, has always partly made me want to like. Well, we can't fix that, but where can we make a difference? Mm-mm. And so, <clears throat> do you have any uh, kind of plans forward to do any like solarization or electric vehicles or anything like that? Got it. A couple things we're working on right now and have done. We uh, uh, we just made an investment last year. We got in just before the window dropped with net metering from the local power company where you could sell back to the grid at full full price. We we invested uh, in a $200,000 solar array at our commissary uh, and, and Whole Sun Solar did it. Um, and uh, uh, excited that it's it only got um see i haven't seen the last two months uh i know that it's all there online somewhere if i can find it but uh but the first couple months the first several months were uh 50 percent of our electric usage usage was uh almost 50 percent more than 45 percent was uh was uh provided by solar wow that that was a that was about half again as much as i we were expecting so that's that's exciting. Uh, so that's at our commissary, which is a uh, which is a 40, uh, 40,000 square foot building that also is where our kitchen share business is, where about 30 different clients work. So there's 
Pinoy Garden is there, Rasta Pops is there, um, um, uh, a variety of some Piccoli Dolce Bakery, Cynthia Moriarty Catering. So all those guys, the same thing. They're fifty percent of all their of all their electric uses is is being uh, uh, done by solar. I suspect it's surely gone down now that we get into the summer months. So we're using we're using maybe twice as much electric now as we did during the colder months because of air conditioning. So undoubtedly that the but the solar's not making that much more. So I I suspect it is probably now more like 30% or maybe only 25% of our power. So that now uh the other thing there's a new city program that's providing grants for solar to small business and not-for-profits that uh, we got turned on to. And so we were, uh, the city through a grant uh, uh, helped us put on 25,000, well, the bigger that we we spent, it's a, like $35,000 solar array on our new Pizza X downtown location. So uh, that's that's up there. I haven't. That's going to provide a lot smaller percentage of our electric, um, um, because in, it's not. Uh, yeah, and the other thing about that is most of the power we use at Pizza X is in the evening when the sun's not shining. So uh, we don't use that much power during the day. Uh, but it was great. The, the city's got that grant, and we were able to to take advantage of it. So I I thank the citizens of Bloomington for that for that part. Um, <clears throat> didn't you guys have an EV vehicle or something? I saw at an Earth Day oh, event or something. Oh, years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I was where was I? Uh, uh, oh, I can't. Oh, I think it was in Florida. I lived in Florida for a few years, and there were these things called these electric vehicles called gem cars. They were low speed vehicles, and um, um, uh, I've always been kind of fascinated by these, you know, little different kinds of vehicles. And, and so we had that at Pizza X. Uh, uh, so I got one for Pizza X. It was about, it was about, uh, uh, I don't remember, $12,000. And uh, uh, it just, it was, it, it didn't, it only had like an 18 mile range mm. uh, for one thing. So it was a constant if you were out there more than five miles, you're like, am I getting back, you know, on this charge and only go about 20 miles an hour. Uh, 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 so now the next thing, though, and so that was more like that. Yeah, that didn't really work. But uh, we just we bought our first e-bike at Pizza X. And uh, um, uh, we are I. Uh, my plan is, my hope is, my hope and plan is by spring that we'll have a bunch of these, maybe six uh, e-bikes in the thing that, that I mean, we have to find, we have to find people that use them, our drivers who are used to driving cars, and a lot of them are, a lot of them are older now, and they got no interest in riding the e-bike, but uh, we can find some young people who are fit, and uh, I'm hoping to turn a bunch of our, because is, what, just great. I, I last time I was in New York City, every delivery thing is on an e-bike. Everything. Uh, so we can find people to do that. And now, okay, then if we're like we're delivering pizza, at least from the downtown store, 
you know, solar power, at least partly solar power on an e-bike, now I can start to feel like, okay, this can be a sustainable thing. <clears throat> yeah, those, uh, maybe some of those little 500 riders can be a press That's game. right, yeah. There's mm -hmm. actually been a few accidents recently on campus. I read, I read about that. That's that's uh, that's really scary. We had our, yeah. we have a monthly full moon bike ride. Uh, that it's just okay. a lightly organized thing that we meet for the on the full moon and uh, usually at sundown and take off. And uh, we had about uh, 20, 20, maybe twenty people last night. That's usually about the size crowd. And we come down the seventh, you know, the seventh street thing and. I it's uh I don't I don't know how I feel about these separated bike lanes frankly I mean you have to be so aware of the curbs and things I mean there's a, there's little room for little room for error if you hit one of those curbs and not paying attention you're you're you know you're off the bike you mean like those bump outs the bump outs yeah and I mean a lot of um uh, riding on South Washington, the at the um, oh yeah, run about a week ago. I'm riding on South Washington, and at, sorry, it's South Lincoln. You're coming towards Third Street. There's a place that's right by the Breaking Away House where there's a there's a, a bump out and uh, a curb, and usually there are fiberglass poles with reflectors on them. But somebody had apparently mowed it down with a car. And, you know, there's just this thing in the road that I caught with the corner of my eye and I realized, oh, man, that's a curb. Like in that, that thing only feels like it's about this wide to go through the bike lane. So I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I think bicycling is great. I think uh, 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 I think we should be aware of that. And the more we can do to build bike culture, the better. And though, man, it seems like some of our projects spend a whole lot of money on it that I don't know if it's the right return. Yeah, starting with the situation of the small, small town roads kind of cramps whatever you do because you're not going to encroach further on property lines. So you have to do whatever you do all within that original small yes right right yeah yeah the seventh street thing i can't say even as a bicyclist that i'm a fan of what's what's happened there uh plus i've pulled out oh i've almost crashed in my car after you know 30 years of four-way stops and you're just you don't even thinking you know you're thinking seventh street traffic's gonna stop and you go oh catch yourself before somebody t-bones you you know yeah, yeah, definitely a transition. Change is hard. And you had mentioned that you had bought a farm years ago. Um, are you doing local sourcing from local growers, or is that more in the catering area, or are you still kind of? Uh, uh, yeah, so on? local sourcing. What do we do in terms of local sourcing? Uh, 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 it it really has nothing to do with our farm. We don't we don't grow anything for the business with any commercial. I've I've done a little bit of stuff that's just really what do you call it, for novelty. You know, like I've grown a whole bunch of tomatoes and uh, but it these are just really novel things. Uh, we uh, we grew we'd grow enough hops out there for to make one batch of beer. Uh, 
but really this is for fun and experimentation. On the local sourcing, you know, say in the pizza business, um, very little, there's almost nothing that say we could use at Pizza X that does not have a seasonal menu uh, that basically fundamentally what Pizza X uses is flour uh, and cheese and tomatoes. Those are the, those are the main things we would buy, let's say. Uh, and those those are just it's not realistic or affordable to buy any of that locally or consistently. Uh, so where we are, but I love supporting the local farm community. And so we we have some other ways we do that. Uh, so some of the things we do is a hundred percent of our eggs that we use in in the organization, One World Catering Hive. Um, uh, I won't say Lenny's because Lenny's is not a part of our thing anymore. We use some eggs at commissary and recipes. Those are all local eggs. Eggs are a really easy thing to buy locally. Yeah, maybe they're twice the price sometimes. Um, back in the recent egg shortage, they actually got a little cheaper for local eggs for a very short period of time. Uh, but but eggs, they're just better. They're better. Uh, and so that's, I feel like, you know, money that we can spend anywhere, we can take that money and like go, it stays in the community and keeps spinning around. Eggs are a real easy one. Uh, ground beef is another easy one. We use local ground beef uh, 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 throughout the organization. Uh, uh, local sausage uh, at uh, local sausage at Hive. Uh, one world catering that uses a lot of different things. They end up, you know, they end up picking and choosing different things. You know, I, I think we all as consumers, uh, as business people buying and selling things to just, we need to be aware of the greenwashing, you know, I mean, we need to, uh, we need to check ourselves. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of questions in the whole, in, in the whole recycling thing that we've all become recyclers and you know how much of that is smoke and mirrors some of it for sure i think there's very clear there's a lot of it that's not like when somebody's paying us 300 bucks for a roll-off full of metal cans that's going to be reused you know no question about it and so we should be doing that or you know i i, I freak out when i walk downstairs and there's an aluminum can in the trash and i'm like there's nothing that should be recycled more than an aluminum can. I don't care where you put it. Put it in the recycling dumpster. Throw it in with a can. Somebody will get it. Uh, but plastic, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, especially rinsing out plastic with water. That uh, Yeah. Uh, so I wish. <laughs> what do I wish for? Uh uh, well, we all need to check. We all need to, you know, not make it religion, but really try to be, ask, be asking the questions and be paying attention because it because everybody has a bias. And particularly, I love that line. You know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to get a man to believe something that his salary doesn't uh, that that his salary gets him to not believe or something like that. And I think we just have to really be aware of our own biases, other people's biases, certainly industry bias, um, and just try to make the best choices that we can and point out, point out questionable things when we see it.